Amen. Thank you to our amazing worship team for leading us into the throne room of heaven tonight. It's always a joy to look into the word of God. The word of God moves, it shifts, it changes when we have faith to lean into it tonight. And we have faith that Jesus is the Christ and that he wants to speak to us through his word. I want to draw closer to him tonight. I want to draw closer to his presence and lean in to hear what it is that he would want to say. Let's pray over his word tonight. Father, we honor your word. We are so excited, so thankful that you have given us truth, truth that is a fire, truth that is a rock, truth that is living waters that comes and moves and shifts and changes us. And tonight, oh God, I pray that you would open up our ears Lord, as we honor your word and as we look into your truth, would you open our ears, God, that your voice is the only voice that would be heard tonight. God, soften our hearts, that we would be able to receive what it is that you would want to speak. We love you and are so thankful for your great faithfulness tonight. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, our title tonight is Heaven Prevailed. Heaven Prevailed. Psalm 14, verse 2. The Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek God. God is in heaven right now looking down to see if there are any who are leaning in to understand him, to seek after him. Psalm 119, verse 89, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. God's word is not only truth, but it is settled in heaven. It is yes and amen over every situation in our lives. Heaven is the place of eternal worship. Heaven is the place, we are told in Scripture, where God resides on his throne, where he sits on the mercy seat of judgment, and he looks down and rules with mercy and judgment over the earth. It is the place where Jesus ever lives to make intercession for us. Jesus is fighting for us in heaven. He is interceding for his people in heaven, for his kingdom to come and his will to be done. It is the place also that has won the ultimate victory. First Chronicles 29, verse 11. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, and the glory the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. You are exalted as head over all. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to Revelation chapter 12. We're going to look at the familiar passage tonight that shows us the truth of how heaven prevailed and obtains eternal victory over all the powers of darkness. Let's receive this word with fresh eyes tonight. Starting at verse 7. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. Verse 12, 
Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows that he has a short time. Verse 8 from this passage, the dragon and his angels warred with the heavenly angels. But the dragon, the serpent of old called Satan and the devil, who deceives the whole world, they did not prevail. Their power could not withstand the power of heaven. Their strength was no match for the power of Jesus Christ in the kingdom of God. And this is a beautiful picture for us of the war that has already been fought and the victory that has already been won. Heaven prevailed that day and it continues to prevail today. And the question for us tonight is, who is prevailing in your life? This word prevail is translated to have power, to be a force, to have strength to overcome. And there is a prevailing spirit that we are urged to walk in. Verse 12 says that the devil has come down to us with great wrath because he knows that he has only a short time. We must be reminded through the word of God, through his truth, that though we are surrounded by such evil and deception, evil did not prevail at the gates of heaven, and it must not prevail at our gates either. We have to decide, church, we have to decide if we are going to live with an earthly mindset or with a heavenly mindset, with a defeatist mentality or an overcomer mentality. Isaiah chapter 2, verses 2 to 3. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow to it. Many people shall come and say, Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. When we come to Zion, when we come to the house of God, we shall hear of his truths. He will teach us his ways. He will encourage us and stir us up in our most holy faith. But in order to keep on in this spiritual strength and victory, we must walk in his paths. We must walk in his teaching every single day. How many have ever left church on a Sunday being encouraged and stirred, full of faith, ready to take on the week? And then Monday morning comes, and you might wake up feeling defeated, feeling discouraged already, or Wednesday morning, or next week, or the week after. Perhaps you no longer feel or walk in his power. And the truth is, is that we need to activate our faith in his power every single day. We must prevail as heaven prevailed for us. We must walk in his prevailing spirit. So when you hear his word, what path will you walk during the week? Number one tonight is walk under the authority of Christ Verses 10 to 11, now salvation and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Heaven prevailed over Satan because of the salvation power and blood of Christ. There is significant power in the blood of Christ and its application to our lives. 
In John chapter 6, Jesus describes his blood as the very life that will flow in our bodies when we partake of him, when we receive of him, when we are united with his death, burial, and resurrection. Ephesians 2.13, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. This is a beautiful miracle for us children of God. What a beautiful miracle that God looked down upon the sins of men and he said that is not going to be your destiny. Your sin and your separation from me is not going to be your future. That will not have the final say over your life, but I have a plan for the shed blood of my son, Jesus Christ, to bring you redemption, to bring you salvation, to bring you near to me and to my presence. I'm so thankful for that tonight. The blood of the lamb signifies the sacrifice of his death, that he purchased our salvation our freedom and eternity with his shed blood, and we are able to be brought near to his very life, to his presence. We are made righteous. When we apply the truth of the blood of Christ to our hearts and lives with faith, we overcome the bondage of sin and Satan's schemes. You know, we often talk about the bondage of sin. We often talk about the strongholds that can so easily have a hold over our hearts. We talk about the strongholds of fear. We talk about the strongholds of sickness, the strongholds of worry and anxiety, so many strongholds that we give voice to and that we give power to in our lives when we speak of them and we talk about this stronghold has a hold over me, but I am so thankful for the song that has been released from this house for the truth of God, the song that says freedom has a hold over me. The freedom of Jesus Christ has a hold over me. And it's time that we declare that the stronghold of our lives is the freedom of Jesus Christ. What will be the stronghold over your heart? Freedom. What will be the stronghold over your mouth, over every thought? Freedom in Jesus Christ, for whom the sun sets free is free indeed. It's time for us to walk in that freedom, to say no to the strongholds, to the negative strongholds, and stop giving voice to them, power to them in our lives. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb, which also signifies his authority to be able to redeem us. Matthew 28, 18, Jesus spoke, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Let us take up our cross and follow him. Come under the authority of Jesus Christ who has purchased our freedom, whose plan and ways are higher than your ways. You see, we will overcome. We will have a prevailing spirit when we choose submission and we walk under the authority of Jesus Christ and his resurrection power. In your daily living, who will prevail? Who will have authority over the way that you live, the way that you move? Will your flesh have authority? Will Satan's schemes and deceptions and lies have authority? Will your pride have authority? Or will the resurrection power of Christ who lives within you have authority? Will he have the final say over how you live and how you overcome? 
What does the Bible teach us regarding how we walk and overcome the powers of darkness? By submitting to his authority, James 4, verse 7. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. There is such an important principle of submission, of coming under the authority of Jesus Christ, of church giving up our need to be the ruler of our lives. We need to give up this need. We cannot make our own life decisions apart from Christ's authority and his word. If you want to live freely in Christ, if you want to be in close relationship with him, the blessing of his plan unfolding for you, it requires him to be ruler and master in your life. Whose authority do you live under? Who has the final say every single day in your life? Is it you or is it God? 2 Peter 2.10 is a warning to us. It says, those who walk according to the flesh and despise authority, they are self-willed and presumptuous. In other words, they walk apart from the blessing of God. We are admonished so often in Scripture to surrender, to submit to God. It is for our protection, for our spiritual victory, for his blessing upon us. So back to Isaiah chapter 2. Teach us your ways, O God, and we will walk in your paths. When we walk under his authority, we will also be able to walk in his authority. Jesus said to his disciples in Luke 10, 19 to 20, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power, not some of the power, not just the small demons and the small giants, but over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. There is a principle of our humility as we walk in the authority of Christ. I give you the authority to trample over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Walk under his authority and in his authority and you speak to every enemy, you speak to every serpent, to every scorpion, to every giant and in the authority of Jesus Christ you say the name of Jesus is above every giant that I will face and he has to flee. The heads will be crushed. They will be defeated. They will be destroyed underneath your feet. This is the promise and the truth for us when we submit to the authority of Jesus Christ and when we walk in his authority, when war came to the gates of heaven, heaven prevailed by the blood of the Lamb, says the strength, salvation, authority, and resurrection power of Christ prevailed. So when war comes to your gates, when war comes to the gates of your family, to the gates of your home, to the gates of this church, to the gates of your heart, to the gates of your mind, who will prevail? Will your flesh win? Will you choose your own authority? Will Satan have prevailing power at your gates? Or will the authority of Jesus and his blood prevail in the face of every enemy at your gates? It is written, the same spirit who raised Christ from the dead lives in you. So we walk under and we walk in his authority and we will have power at our gates, thus saith the Lord. 
Number two, walk with the confession of God's word. Walk with the confession of God's word, verse 10 to 11. Now the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down, and they overcame him by the word of their testimony. The word of their testimony is translated to mean the sayings of God, the moral precepts, the doctrine, the divine expression through the person of Jesus Christ In order to prevail against the enemy, we must walk with the confession of God's word upon our lips every day, in every situation. Romans 10, 9 to 10 tells us that salvation comes when the heart believes and confession is made with our mouths. Matthew 10, 32, therefore who confesses me before men, him I also will confess before my Father who is in heaven. We see the power of this later on in the book of Matthew when Peter confesses Jesus as the Christ. We've all heard and read this passage, chapter 16, verses 13 to 18. Jesus is asking, who do we say that he is? What is the confession of our mouth regarding who he actually is in our lives? When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And so I want to ask all of us tonight, according to the word of God, is Jesus our confession? Is our confession that he is the Christ that he is the Son of God. I want us to really look into our hearts and really examine the words of our confession and the words of our mouths. When the enemy comes to our gates, is he our confession? Is the truth of the word of God? Do we confess that he is our master, that he is our Lord? Do we confess that he will provide even when it looks like it's not happening? Do we confess that even though there seems to be no way that Jesus Christ is able to make a way, is this what our confession is? Do we confess in the face of the doctor's reports that Jesus is our healer? He is our healer. He is our savior. What is the confession of our hearts and the confession of our mouths? The gates of hell shall not prevail against you when your confession is your faith in the truth of who Christ is. And I love what else Jesus says here. He says, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for this has not been revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father who is in heaven. This is the power of his confession. God revealed to Peter the truth of his word of who Jesus is. So back to Isaiah 2, verse 3. Let us go up to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, and we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. When we come to his house, we receive the revelation of his word by his spirit so that we can walk in his paths, so that our confession can be his truth. 
1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 11 to 14. It's titled, The Good Confession. But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession. I urge you in the sight of God that you keep this commandment without spot, blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ appearing. Fight the good fight of faith. Confess the good confession. Keep this command, he says. Our confession, church, is our faith in Jesus Christ and his word. Our confession is Hebrews chapter 4, that the word of God is living, that the word of God is active, that it is powerful, that it moves, that it is sharper than any two-edged sword, that it has the ability to discern, to divide between what is right and wrong, to discern what is actually inside of our hearts and our thoughts. Our confession is that the word of God is powerful, that it has the ability to cause everything to come into alignment for those things that might be out of alignment and not in submission with his word. We confess with faith every truth and every word of God. And in our faith, when we confess the word of God, it is then that the word of God begins to move, that it begins to come alive, that you will begin to see a shift in your heart, in your mind, where those things that are dead, they will come alive again because you declare the word of God with faith. With faith, we confess his word. We confess every truth. God is just. He is a God of mercy. His mercies are new every single day. We confess that he is righteous. We confess that he is faithful. We confess that his ways are higher than our ways. As the confession comes forth, the spiritual powers of darkness are pushed back at the gates of your home. They are pushed back and they will not prevail because the confession of the word of God is that it is living and powerful and it moves at the commands of our God. It moves when we confess it. There is a power of darkness that would seek to keep you discouraged, that would seek to keep you without faith, to keep you not reading the word of God, to keep you without the prevailing spirits. 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 13, the Living Bible, it says, You accepted what we said as the very word of God, which of course it was, and it changed your lives when you believed it. How many want your life to be changed? Just a little bit. The word of God changes it when we believe it. God rewards those who confess his word with faith. He rewards our faith by causing his word to change us, by causing his word to penetrate the darkness with his power. When a spirit of heaviness begins to settle in upon you, you take up the weapon of praise. You put on the garments of praise. And as you begin to proclaim and declare the truth of who God is according to his word, that spirit of heaviness will be broken in the name of Jesus. Your oil will be turned into dancing. Dancing. 
The word will move. The spirit of heaviness will be broken off when you declare his praise. Hebrews chapter 10 tells us to hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, to stir one another in their confession as well. The negative confession doesn't belong in the life of a believer. The confession of Satan does not belong in the life of a believer. The negative confession, the confession of worry, the confession of doubt needs to be broken off of the church of Jesus Christ once and for all. It needs to be broken off of every heart and every mouth. Confess the hope of Jesus for he who promised is faithful to accomplish his word. How many know that confession is not based on what you see? When you see darkness, when you see worry, and you see fear, you see strife and discontentment as you walk into your workplace, your school, or even your home. As soon as you confess the word of God, the spiritual atmosphere begins to change. Your faith is enacted when you confess the word of God, and it is powerful. The word will begin to move when you confess it with faith. When you walk into those places and you begin to feel that spirit of heaviness and that discouragement that wants to settle in, you declare no weapon formed against me shall prosper in the name of Jesus. And I speak to my soul and I say, soul, be encouraged in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I fix my eyes on Jesus who is the author and finisher of my faith. You begin to speak that word of God and you will notice the spiritual atmosphere beginning to change, testify to his faithfulness. We testify of his mercy and begin to watch the heaviness lift in the name of Jesus. When you hear the word of the Lord in his mountain, in his house, what path will you walk out during the week? Satan did not prevail during the war in heaven and we must not let him prevail as he attacks the gates of our hearts the gates of our homes. What do you confess when war comes to your gates? When war comes to the gates of your children's hearts? When war comes to the gates of your thoughts? When enemy attack comes to snuff out your faith, to tempt you in your time of weakness, to infiltrate the minds of Christ within you? What is the confession of your mouth? What words can you be found declaring? By faith, we confess that your word does not return void, but it will accomplish and prosper in the thing for which you have sent it, O Lord, according to your word. This needs to be our confession, church. And number three, the final thing tonight is walk pursuing the kingdom of heaven. Isaiah 2, verses 2 to 3 in the message translation, it says, There is a day coming when the mountain of God's house will be the mountain, solid, towering over all mountains. All nations will river toward it. People from all over set out for it. They'll say, Come, let's climb God's mountain. Go to the house of the God of Jacob. He'll show us the way he works so we can live the way we're made. Zion is the source of the revelation. The house of God is the source of our revelation. Will you walk the path of pursuing the kingdom of heaven? Heaven prevailed for us. Heaven prevailed that we might walk in the same prevailing power. It requires us to be heaven-minded. It requires us to be heaven-centered. It requires us to pursue the worship of heaven continually, to pursue the call of heaven 
Revelation 12, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. This final part here means that they overcame the power of the enemy when they did not love their own lives. In other words, they walked the path of full surrender. They walked the path of complete surrender for the cause of Christ. Our lives need to not be self-centered. Our lives need to not be caught up with the pleasures and with the worries of this earth. Our lives need to not be caught up in these things, but we need to be heaven-centered, fully surrendered to the cause of Jesus Christ. Romans 12, 11 in the Passion Translation, they triumphed because they did not love and cling to their own lives even when faced with death. We will overcome when we choose surrender not our own authority or our own will. We will overcome when we choose the path of steadfastness instead of compromise. In your daily living, who will have the final word in your life? Will your flesh have the final word? Will the devil have the final say over what you're thinking, over the words that you're speaking, over your priorities? Over the purpose and the center of your heart, will he have the final say over that? Or can we purpose to be centered on God's kingdom? Can we say, we will be heavenly minded? The unfortunate truth of our flesh and the devil is that they will lead you to hell. They will lead you to a separation from the presence of God here on earth and for eternity. They will lead you to darkness. They will lead you to depression, to dissatisfaction, to self-serving, to division. So when you leave the house of God full of zeal, strengthened in your faith, and then you are faced with discouragement and temptation, can we rise up, surrender, and say, not today, flesh. Not today, Satan. Jesus has the final say over my thoughts and my feelings. His resurrection power will have the final say. I will pursue the kingdom of heaven. I will fix my eyes on Jesus no matter what my circumstances say, for he is the author, the perfecter, and the finisher of my faith. We will prevail with a heaven mindset as we walk in these truths. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 2, out of the message, so if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground. Absorbed with the things right in front of you, look up. Be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. The Passion Translation says, Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above, for that's where Christ sits enthroned, at the place of all power, honor, and authority. Yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm. Fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. If Jesus has the final say in our lives every day, if he has the final word over our thoughts, and over our words. He will lead you in his rivers of living waters. He will lead you to be eternally minded. He will lead you to be full of faith, to be full of peace, 
to be full of supernatural joy. This is the path that Christ will lead us on when we choose to fix our eyes on him and not what we see on earth. I want to end with a short story tonight. D.L. Moody, a wonderful evangelist and revivalist, wrote a book called Heaven. And he tells about a father that he met in New York. And that father had a son who was periodically ill. No one really thought his illness was serious until the child took a turn for the worse. And the doctor informed the mother that the boy's disease was terminal, that he would not live for more than a few days. When the father came home from work that night, he saw his wife weeping, and he asked her why. The mother said, there has been a great change in our boy since morning. The doctor tells me that he is very ill and may not live out the night. When the father went in to see his son, it was apparent that the boy knew what was going on, and he looked up at his dad and said, I will be with Jesus tonight, won't I? And the father answered, yes, son, it is very likely that you will be with Jesus tonight. And as the father spoke, tears streamed down his face, and he tried to hide them from his boy. But the boy saw the tears, and he said, Father, don't you cry for me. When I get to heaven, I will go straight to Jesus and tell him that ever since I can remember, you have tried to lead me to him. It's a beautiful story for us. It's a touching story to our hearts tonight. And may it stir us as we ask ourselves this question. Do we lead our loved ones continually to Jesus? Do we lead them to pursue the kingdom of heaven? Do we lead the people that God has given to us to an understanding of the power of his love, of his plan? Do we lead them, church, to the resurrection power of Christ that lives within them? Do we lead them to be heavenly-minded instead of earthly-minded? Do we lead them in an overcomer and prevailing spirit against the powers of the kingdom of darkness that are at work against their lives? I pray tonight that we would begin to say, yes, I am going to be one who is going to lead people to Jesus. I want to lead people to the life of Christ to his resurrection power. I want to lead people to the hope that is in Jesus, to the peace that can be found in Jesus, to the victory that can be found through Jesus. I pray that we would be those that would impart the words of Christ, the written word of God into our loved ones, that when we look at our sons and daughters, when we look at our sisters and our brothers in Christ, that we would prophesy. That we would prophesy the word of God and we would say, it is written. 1 John 4, 4, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. These are the words that need to flow out of our mouths into the people around us. When they are discouraged, when they are defeated, when they are without hope, you say, not today. The devil will not have your faith today because greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world, thus saith the Lord. This is what we speak and we prophesy. We release and impart. 
Let's declare 1 John 5, 4, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. This is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. We need to be those who carry a prevailing spirit and who impart a prevailing spirit to those that God has given to us. Would you stand with me tonight? Let's close ourselves in with the Lord for a few moments. When war came to the gates of heaven, heaven prevailed. The blood of the Lamb, the authority of Christ prevailed. The word of God, the passion to pursue him and the kingdom of heaven above their own lives prevailed. When war comes to your gates, who will prevail? To the gates of your home, to the gates of your heart, the gates of your mind, the gates of your family, who prevails? I pray that it will not be your flesh, that it will not be Satan, but let us confess and declare that the authority of Jesus Christ and his word will prevail in the name of Jesus. Heaven's already prevailed, and now it's up to us to allow the resurrection power of Christ to prevail every single day. And I want to say this tonight, that this is not about stirring your emotions. If you walk out of here tonight and only your emotions are stirred, that might last you until tomorrow morning. But this is about stirring your faith. If you can stand here in the presence of the Lord and under the word of God and let your faith be stirred, then your convictions and your faith will hold you will hold you every single day. So people of God tonight, let your faith be stirred right now where you are. Some of you need breakthrough tonight. And I would even venture out to say that probably all of us could say there is an area of breakthrough that I am contending for in my life. And tonight the Spirit of the Lord would say that this is your night for that breakthrough. This is your night for that breakthrough as we worship the Lord. Would you surrender to the authority of Christ? Would you allow that resurrection power of Christ to rise up within you? Would you begin to confess and declare the promises of God over your situation? And let us witness as every spiritual power of darkness is pushed back in the name of Jesus. Let's worship the Lord tonight for a few moments.